Well, hey, New City Church, it's uh, Pastor Ryan here, and uh, so glad that we could have another midweek Bible study. And uh, I know this isn't uh, ideal circumstances, uh, but I have to have to admit that it's kind of been a little bit of gift. Uh, I should say a gift to me. Um, one is just being able to kind of pour through, I think, some important text and scripture. Uh, to really come back to the the Word of God, the promises of God, and and remember who's ultimately in control, and remember um, our good Father who's with us uh, always. And so uh, that's just been a, a gift to me, just as I've I've thought about um, uh, this situation that we find our, ourselves in. Um, and I'd much rather be with you across the table, uh, studying the scriptures together, but, but it's been, been a gift, I think for my own soul, but, but just also just a way to virtually even connect and, uh, and just touch base. Uh, even if you're watching this later, uh, just to, to, um, have some sense of normalcy through this time. And, uh, and so hopefully it's been serving you, you well, and we're going to keep doing these, uh, for the foreseeable future, uh, if you haven't heard the update, uh, we're going to be kind of locked down until at least through April. Uh, so we'll, we'll continue the midweek Bible studies, our Sunday gatherings as well, and we'll go from there. And, and as we've said, it's day to day, week to week. And, uh, and so it's, it's been some crazy times. And so we've been, been looking at worry and anxiety and I'm, I'm actually going to, going to hit that topic again. Um, and, and you may feel like, I feel like we've been talking about this a lot, but we have. And, and it's not just because we're going through a, a, a pandemic. <laughs> it's not because of the, the nature of, uh, the situation we find ourselves, because that is all true. And, and, and we are feeling all kinds of different worry and anxiety and fear and, and things. So we've been talking about that a little bit. Um, but also this is just normal life. And, and this is why I've kind of been hitting it as well, that regardless if we're in a pandemic or not, the teaching on anxiety and worry and fear are, are so big in the scriptures um, because because I think God know, knew how we're wired and, and that we're so prone to be overwhelmed um, by, by worry and anxiety for a variety of reasons. And so I want to look at this morning in Matthew 6, um, it's in the Sermon on the, Mount, on the Mount, it's Jesus's most famous teaching and what he says about worry um, and anxiety. Uh, because I think it's some of the most profound teaching in all the universe. Uh, when we think about how do we live a life that, that yes, we're always going to probably have a, a level of worry and anxiety, but it doesn't need to overwhelm us. It doesn't need to overtake us. Um, it doesn't need to put a, a stranglehold uh, on us. And, and so I want to look at uh, Matthew 6 with you uh, this morning and look at the Sermon on the Mount, which is Jesus' famous Sermon on the Mount, he takes his disciples up uh, to this mountain and he, and he gives them in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, some of the most profound teaching of what does life look like lived in the kingdom. Um, and so what, what I want to do is I'm just going to pull my uh, slides onto the screen here so you can see kind of what I'm talking about. Now, when we think about the Sermon on the Mount, we, we need to remember one key thing and, and that context is, is king. Uh, and, and why I say that? Because, uh, the Sermon on the Mount works in a couple different ways. Now we have the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, that's in the Gospel of Matthew. And so we have that context, the actual book of Matthew. We want to always read the scriptures in its context and understand, okay, what's, what's going on in Matthew? Uh, Matthew's written to a predominantly Jewish audience. Now, if you remember in the first century, the, the Jews were, were under Roman oppression, under the boot of the empire. And, 
it's a time of suffering. It's a time of uh, disassociation and being pushed out to the margins of culture and, and persecution. And so, so Matthew's gospel is very Jewish, but, but also when we think about anxiety and worry, Jesus is speaking to a people that are filled with anxiety and worry. You know, where's my next meal going to come from? Is my, my family safe? Is the church safe? And so, so Matthew's writing this kind of discipleship manual, uh, to the, the Jewish Christians in the first century to encourage their souls. Um, and, and so another level of when we think about context is often the Sermon on the Mount is read as, you know, a bunch of laws. Okay. Here's how you live your life. You know, don't judge, don't get divorced, you know, don't be angry, bless your enemies, all those kinds of things. So it becomes just kind of law, like do these things, you know, gut it out, grit it out. Uh, but that's not really what, what the Sermon on the Mount is. It's not just a bunch of laws. Um, because the context of, of the Sermon on the Mount at the beginning of chapter five is you have all these blesseds, the Beatitudes, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, blessed are those who mourn. For they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth, et cetera, et cetera. And so the, the setup for the sermon is what is the blessed? You could translate it happy life look like. What does a good life look like in the kingdom? So, so, so framing the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is saying, if you want to live a happy, joyful, good life with me in my kingdom, Here's what it looks like. Here's the foundation. Blessed are, blessed are, are, you know, blessed are the, are the meek. Blessed are the poor in spirit that know, uh, that they need God's, God's grace. Blessed are our peacemakers. And then as you read the Sermon on the Mount, you need to read it not just as a bunch of subjects or a bunch of topics and kind of make the check, uh, on our lives. Are we doing these things or we're not doing this? But seeing how they all kind of build on, on one another. Uh, so for example, in early in chapter five, Jesus talks about anger and he talks about lust and he talks about retaliation and he talks about loving your enemies. Well, how would we be able to love our enemies well if we're full of anger and full of lust? Because a lot of the, the root of, of anger or the root of lust is actually anger. Um, and so, uh, so we attack one another, we hurt one another because we're filled with anger or lust that we're not getting something, that we need something more. Lust is very similar to covetousness. And so, so if I, if I'm not getting the things that I think I need, I'm going to attack someone else who's getting in the way of me getting those things, or I'm going to take what they, what they have. And so you'll see on the Sermon on the Mount, all of these subjects are building on one another. And, and that's going to be even more clear as we look at anxiety and worry in chapter uh, six. So keep that in mind. Just the context of the sermon is, is so important for what it looks like to live our lives uh, in the kingdom of God. So, so let's look at um, our passage here. We're going to look at Matthew 6, 25 to 34. I'm just going to read that. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we think? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. 
but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. What, what, some, what great, uh, I think, teaching, profound teaching from Jesus. Now, one of the questions I, I wanted to ask just as we or things to consider as we move into this text is, is a quote from Dallas Ward that I've shared with my church quite a bit, and then you've heard it quite a bit if you're part of our church, is Dallas Wood from The Divine Conspiracy says this about Jesus. But can we seriously imagine that Jesus would be Lord if he were not smart? If he were divine, would he be dumb or uninformed? Once you stop to think about it, how could he be what Christians take him to be in other respects? And best informed and most intelligent person of all, the smartest person who ever lived, bringing us the best information on the most important uh, subjects. And so this is a, an interesting uh, quote because when we begin to look at anxiety and worry, we have to believe that Jesus, what he says um, about this subject, that he's very much informed and in tune and that he knows our souls deep down. He knows what we need, that if he is the wisdom of God, we need to take him seriously on this and not just say, well, Jesus doesn't understand the real world and the, and the anxiety and the worry that I'm experiencing. Um, but that's simply not true. If he is God incarnate, if he is divine, if he, if he knows how the universe works, he's going to understand how our anxiety and our, and our worry works. And that's why he's speaking to this, this first century, uh, group of people of disciples to say they're filled with anxiety and worry, but it doesn't need to overtake you. Now we're in the middle of a pandemic, but you, in, in the first century, you're talking about suffering and persecution and, and loss and, you know, losing loved ones. I mean, you're, you're talking about a whole nother level of anxiety and worry. And Jesus speaks right to the situation um, and, and says, you know, the, it doesn't have to overtake you. It doesn't have to uh, wear you down. And so, uh, so let's look at uh, a little bit more closely to the, the text. Now, Jesus says this in, in the first few verses, therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? And, and so when you look at the context, now remember I talked about context. The context of chapter six is very enlightening um, because again, you're reading the sermon as it kind of builds on itself. That each topic that Jesus addresses are meant to work together and to kind of work as a whole. And that's why the end of chapter 7 talks about we can either build our lives on Jesus and his teaching and his kingdom, or we can build it on the shifting sands of everything else. So do you want your life to be solid and on the, on, on the house of Jesus, or do you want it to be built on sand and crumble? Um, and so, so putting our lives on these things, letting these things build on each other is very important. And so, so what Jesus talks about in chapter 6 is about the faulty sand of reputation and wealth. That often we build our lives on the things we can taste and touch and see and, and money, food, wealth. And again, these can be analogous as well. They don't have to literally be these things, but the ways in which we build our lives on temporary things. So these are the things that are going to give us stability. Um, and that's why Jesus talks about you know wealth as a very faulty foundation. Because we know in an economic crash that wealth goes away very quickly. And so we can't build our ultimate life, our ultimate identity on wealth or reputation because those things are going away. That if you're constantly pursuing 
my reputation, how I'm seen, you know, it, it, what food I'm eating, what clothes I'm wearing, those are just sinking uh, sand. And so the first lesson here is that life is more than food and drink and clothing. It's about eternal treasures. That's what Jesus is, is getting at here. That's where Jesus is kind of moving us towards in the, this sermon about anxiety and worry, because a lot of our built-in anxiety and worry is based on things that, that, that are going away. Um, and, and most of us have never starved. I mean, that's, that's just not our reality. And yet what's the thing that we, we worry about a lot? You know, how am I going to pay my bills? How am I going to feed my kids? A lot of us are consumed with how we look, how we're perceived. So, so clothing and the external reputation, you know, am I seen as a smart business man or woman? Am I seen as a articulate pastor? Am I, am I seen as a good mom or a good husband or a good dad? And right. So our reputation becomes this big thing that we build our, our lives on. And that's why Jesus earlier in, in Matthew six, when he talks about giving to the needy and, and prayer is he, he says, Hey, when you give to the needy, you don't need to let everyone know that you're giving to the needy and to the poor. You don't need to prop yourself up. Hey, when you pray, go into your prayer closet and enjoy the reputation of God and his appraise rather than the rep, rather than the applause of man. That, that the only reputation you should care about is what God thinks of you. And so, so life is more than food and drink. It's, it, it's about eternal treasures that aren't going Away, and that's why earlier, a couple of verses before this teaching, Jesus says, "Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also." And so Jesus is kind of taking away and engaging the the worry and anxiety, and saying. You can pursue things that are external and you can obsess over, you know, your reputation and, and, and food and money and things and stuff, or you can build your life with eternal treasures that can never be taken away. You can delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. You can seek his kingdom and all the resources of heaven and all the resources of kingdom now, not just in a future reality, but now. Or you can build your life on the shifting sands of reputation and wealth that are ultimately going away. And if we're honest, those are the things that cause us the most anxiety and worry. So, so Jesus is no, no fool here. He, he's speaking very counterculturally to our day and all times and all places because these are the struggles of every, of, of everyday Day life, and, and that does not mitigate, that does not minimize the, the reality that there are times where, and, and people that live around the world, especially, and again, in America, we're kind of off the hook on this. I mean, on, on many levels, but those that, that are going, that go hungry, those that do worry about those things, but even in those things, Jesus himself, a poor rabbi, essentially homeless, embodied these teachings. Hey, I'm seeking a better treasure. God, my father will provide for me. He'll take care of me. Um, he, he knows what I mean, but there's something greater than just my reputation or wealth or things because those things um, can't satisfy. Um, I, and so um, when, we, when we think about that, these eternal uh, treasures, what's, what's interesting about the, the world, the, I should say the word of worry, anxiety is that it's, it actually is this idea of choking us. 
that, that it, it puts a stranglehold on us. And so when our, our lives are, are overwhelmed with things that are temporary and tertiary and going away, it, the worry and anxiety actually begins to kind of choke us out and crush us. And that's, and Jesus is saying, I, I want to invite you into a life that is free. Um, a life that is anxiety free and worry free. Why? Because who are the most, um, worry free people and creatures on the planet is right here in our text, the birds, right? He says in, in 26, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns and yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? Have you have you ever noticed birds? They, they are the most free creatures in, in all the animal kingdom. And they're hard workers. They are working all the time, flying around, getting sticks, building nests, right? They're doing all this all this work. So it's not that they're lazy and they're just laying around and, and going, oh, I hope God takes care of me. Is it? They're working hard, right? But they have a freedom. They're not worried about their next meal. They're not worried about shelter. And, and that's what Jesus is getting at. What would a life look like where you could live so free knowing your father in heaven is ultimately taking care of you, that you could live in the world that, yeah, we'll work hard, we'll do what we need to do, and God will provide through those means, but but ultimately God is the one who's going to, to take care of us. And so this is the kind of freedom that Jesus is offering us, a, a worry-free, anxious-free life. He says, look at the birds. If I take care of the birds, don't you think I'm going to take care of my, my kids? Of course. Of course, you can't even add, a, you're not going to add anything to your life by being riddled with worry and anxiety. Look to me, live like the bird, live free as the birds are free. Work hard, yes, but don't fret over your next meal. Don't fret over your reputation. I, I love what, what Paul says um, in First Timothy First uh, Timothy six, but godliness with contentment is is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing, with these we will be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evils. Uh, so, so contentment. Is great gain for we brought nothing into the world and we can't bring anything out of it. And yet, where does a lot of our anxiety and worry fall? How can I accumulate more things? How can I have more money, more a better job, more property, more things, more stuff, more houses, more whatever it is? How can I have a better reputation? How can I be seen in a certain light? So we we spend our days pursuing all of these things that ultimately one day will end up in a trash heap. That ultimately one day. Our kids will be going through our junk and sending it off to thrift stores and selling them at estate sales. And yet that's the thing that we are obsessed with and pursue. And that's where a lot of our anxiety and worry comes from. So worried about what kind of education our kids are going to have or what kind of car we're going to drive or what kind of house we're going to have or what neighborhood we're going to live in or you know what we're going to do when we're retired. And so our whole pursuit becomes that. But Paul is saying, hey, if you have clothing and you have food, you're okay. Your Heavenly Father is going to take care of you because there's greater eternal treasures uh, to be had. That life is more than stuff. So here's another lesson. There's a greater beauty worth pursuing. There's a greater beauty worth 
pursuing. So, so life is more than, than food and clothing and drink. It's, it's about eternal treasures, but there's also a, a greater beauty worth pursuing. And, and, and this is where, where we see this in verse 28. And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O ye of little little faith? And so Jesus kind of lays before us this reference of, of first these beautiful flowers, the lilies, but also the reference to Solomon and probably his clothing that he, he wore. You know, Solomon, this man full of wisdom and wealth. He has wealth and honor and he's a king. And, and he's saying that there's a beauty that's greater than what you have, clothing, right? Wealth, knowledge, wisdom, stuff, reputation. There's a greater treasure. There's a greater beauty that you have that's worth pursuing. And it's a, it's a beauty that's, that's rooted in God and knowing God and what he's doing from the inside out. It's a beauty that comes when we don't live anxious, worry, lives that it overwhelms us because we're we're pursuing the wrong things there's a greater beauty to be pursued and it's on the inside and it's not the outside it's people that belong to Christ it's people that belong to his kingdom that no, none of that can be taken away that you can have nothing in this world and again Jesus is talking to to poor non-resourced uneducated non-influential people these aren't influencers on YouTube. <laughs> These are nobodies. And he's saying, but there's a greater beauty that you can have and you can enjoy that nobody can take away. And, and the world can't give you either, that it's found in, in me and my, my, my kingdom. And so, um, and, and, and we get a little hint from this is, is earlier in 27 is that Jesus says you can't add an hour to your life. And actually that's translated you can't add to your height, which is really interesting. You can't add to your height. Well, that's a physical thing, right? How, many, how often do we obsess and wish we were someone else? I wish I was taller. I wish I was shorter. I wish I was skinnier. I wish I was better looking. You know, I wish I was stronger, whatever it may be. And, and he's actually using this analogy of, again, the physicality, the, the body of, of, of us saying, how often do we wish we were someone else? That our, our physical bodies, our physical situations the external were different, right? How often do we wish that maybe I wouldn't be as anxious or worried about things if I was just, just had more opportunity, if I had a better reputation, whatever it may be. And so, so Jesus is saying, don't obsess over being someone else. Find your reputation, find your joy, find your identity in Christ and seek his kingdom first. Because the, the, the greater beauty is a happy, blessed life in God's kingdom. It's the good life. That's what the Beatitudes were about. That's what this, this sermon is about. That's what Jesus is about. That's what his life and his death and his resurrection is about, is inviting us into the true good life. Because how many people have all the things in the world and yet they're miserable? And that includes all of us. Like if you live in America and you ha have a salary, like you're, you're in the 95 percentile in the, in the world. The most, the, a good third of the world's population lives on a dollar or two dollars a day. And yet, where's our joy? Where's our hope? Where's, where's the, 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 the happiness that, that should invade us? 
Yet we continue to seek these things and yet we're, we still find ourselves being miserable. And, and I, I found this to be very true when I've d- done some work in, in Mexico over the years and gone down to one of the poorest counties in Kentucky. And I just saw these, these people that had, had nothing and yet were so filled with joy that knew their God. They had nothing to provide, nothing to offer other people, no reputation, and yet filled with joy. And I think this is exactly what Jesus is, is getting at. He's saying there's a, there's a greater beauty to be had that, that God is at work on you, on your soul from the inside out, that you can live in his kingdom and seek his kingdom first and everything else will be given to you. And, and if your life is built on wealth and reputation, it's going to go badly for you. But I'm going to give you a joy that's sustainable, a free life, just like the birds of the air that don't worry about where their next meal comes from. And they don't worry about shelter. They... They know they're in safe hands in the kingdom. They're, they're in safe hands with their loving Heavenly heavenly Father. So as we get to the end of the, this text, a couple of practical realities of anxiety and worry. I, I love the way the, the text text ends. Um, there's some interesting little, little phrases here that Jesus kind of gives us little, little gifts to us. He says, therefore, do not be anxious saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things. So those that don't believe God, those that aren't disciples of Jesus. And your heavenly father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. So one, don't be a functional atheist. That's that's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, you don't think I, I know you need food and drink and clothing? Of course I do. <laughs> like I'm God, I'm your heavenly father. Of course I know that. But don't be like the Gentiles. Don't be like those that don't believe and, th- and, and think everything's up to them and, and everything's about their own strength and their own willpower and their own gathering of, of needs. He says, I, I, just like the birds, I'm taking care of you. Don't you think I'm going to take care of you? It's a little, little tongue-in-cheek here at the end of Jesus getting a little snarky. Don't be a functional atheist. You don't think I don't, I don't know what you need? I know more than you know. <laughs> I, I know what you need more than you know what you need. So, so that's one level. They're just a practical thing. Like, like, look to me. Look to my father. I'm a good father. Good fathers take care of their kids. Why are you so anxious and so worried about everything? Yeah, I know there's a pandemic going on. I'm not surprised by any of that. I'm not shocked by this at all. And right in the midst of it, right in the unknowns, right in the unsettling, troubling times, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to be with you the whole way. So don't be a functional atheist. And then he says at the very end, this is, this is a lot of Jesus humor. This is why I love Jesus. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. <laughs> Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. I love that. It's, tomorrow's going to be a mess anyways. Like, why obsess over tomorrow when you don't even know what tomorrow is going to bring? But I know tomorrow is going to have just as much trouble as today. So why are you obsessing about a future that doesn't even exist yet? And yet, where do we find our, that's almost very similar to the last point. We're, we're kind of fa- functional atheists. Is Why do we worry about the future? Because worrying about the future is a waste of time. Because we don't know the future. And yet, we think we do. And we assume this it's going to go horribly wrong and God's not going to provide. And yet, if you look back on your life, you can almost say wholeheartedly, no, God has always provided in some way or some form. Always. I can say that about my life. There, there have been moments where, I, I mean, literally where, you know, I'm starting this church, like, are we going to be able to pay the bills? Are going to be able to feed my family? You know, going through seminary, going through these lean years, going through like, what, don't have a job, don't pay, it doesn't pay that much. What, what am I going to do? 
And I can look back and it's good for us to look back and with thanksgiving to say, I've seen God just provide time and time again. And sometimes it's just in a moment. I'll just be honest, yesterday was was not a good day. I, I just woke up just feeling funky and anxious and worried and it's a bad morning with the family and, you know, I blew up on some people and, you know, it happens and, and then just feeling just kind of overwhelmed with things. But later in the day, I just kind of, before the Lord, just, hey, I'm just anxious and worried and feeling funky. Here it is. Here's my anxiety. It was just, God, just give me just a peace. It's going to be okay. I forgive you. It's okay. I'm with you. And so sometimes it's just a moment. It's just a, it's a second. It's not, not the situation hasn't changed. Like the situation might not change. The job might not come back yet. The kid might not get healthy yet. My mom might not be cured of cancer, whatever it may be. But God is saying, you don't have to worry. I'm, I'm in control. I'm good. I'm with you. I provide everything that you need. So, so just a couple of things. We've mentioned this. I've mentioned this last couple of weeks of just practices. And I love this one. Uh, look up to the birds. Now that's a, a, a literal thing I want you to do. I'm not even joking. This is a practice that you can put into your life is look up to the birds. That's what Jesus said earlier in the text. And also turn anxiety into prayer. That's, that's where we got it. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather, nor reap nor gather into barns and yet your heavenly father feeds them. When you're feeling anxious and worried, look up in the trees. That's what Jesus said. I mean, imagine he's probably teaching. There might be even trees and birds right around as he's teaching his disciples. And he's saying, hey, look up there. He's giving them a little illustration, a little analogy. No, I'm serious. Look up there. They're okay. They're fine. They're free. They're, they're, they're anxiety, worry free. When you're feeling overwhelmed, look out your window, see the birds, hear them chirp. And remember God, what Jesus said and taught us. Hey, I take care of the birds. How much more am I going to take care of you? So look up, look up to creation. Look what, what God, he's in control. He's, he's, he's orchestrating everything. Your, your life is more valuable than the birds. And then secondly was turn your anxiety into prayer. We talked about that last week a little bit from Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So when you're, you're feeling anxious and worried, just constantly be giving that to God. Here, God, I can't take it feeling worried. I'm worrying about money. I'm worrying about my kids. I'm worrying about food. I'm worrying about my health. I'm worrying about all these things. Here they are. Turn those anxious, worried moments into prayers. Here you go. I can't take it. And a peace that surpasses understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus because Jesus is going to remind you. And remember, I'm with you. I'm I'm right here in the thick of the stuff. I know what you need even before you ask me for it. So God is with us. There's greater treasures to be pursued. And so a lot of our anxiety, a lot of our worries is, is rooted in, in the fact that, that we're pursuing things that don't last rather than seeking God and his kingdom uh, first. And so I just want to just ask the question, how, how are you? Where are you with anxiety? If, you, if you're on here uh, live and you want to chime in, um, how, can I, how can we encourage you? How can we pray for you uh, even, even today? Um, you know, what does that look like in, in your life as, as far as anxiety goes? Are, are you feeling overwhelmed at this moment? Are you feeling kind of, I'm doing okay? Or w- how can we pray for you? Is there things going on that we can kind of lift up uh, to the Lord together um, and, and encourage each other in, in that way? And that would just be, I think, a gift to us, um, a gift to you, a gift to me, because uh, we all need prayer. 
and uh, and I love to just be able to pray for you specifically, um, and and just see see what that looks like, um, and and how you're doing, and hopefully you're doing doing okay. Um, to go ahead and just just chime in, um, and if I don't hear from you, and just I know there's a few few of you on there, um, I'll just close us in prayer, and and we'll we'll go from there. So let's pray, Father. Um, you've invited us into a, a worry-free, ang- anxious-free existence in your kingdom that we don't have to obsess over things that are going away our food and drink and clothing we don't have to obsess over our reputation or how others perceive us or building our lives on things that are temporary that are tertiary that, that don't matter all that much but we can seek greater treasures in you and god you're a good father and, and and all of us are experiencing anxiety and fear and worry in different measures at different times of the day and this during this pandemic but but maybe we looked even to the trees to see the birds and how you take care of them how they're free, how they're anxious-free and worry-free, and that you're a good Father and that you're with us always and that we can turn our anxiety into prayer. And so help us do that, God. Help us not just say that and think that and go, oh, yeah, that's nice. Thank you, Jesus, for a little inspiration. But but to really say that if, if Jesus is the smartest, most wise, divine person that's ever been, that will ever be, if he knows how our hearts work and our souls work and the universe works, that, that what he's talking about here is an invitation for us to have way less worry and anxiety than we do. So help us, oh God. Thank you for this morning. Thank you that you're here with us. Thank you that we could remember these things and apply these things into our hearts and our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So just a a quick announcement. Uh, Sunday service, as always, we're going to keep gathering through the month of April. Um, as we've been uh, directed by our local uh, authorities and governments and, and whatnot. So it looks like for the next uh, month, we'll be gathering online. Um, sadly, that means Easter will not be in person, but we're figuring that out, working that out right now. But uh, 10 a.m., we'll, we'll gather Facebook Live, YouTube Live. Um, you can check out the service on our website as well to be recorded later in the day and still working out the technology, but hopefully this, this week it'll be uh, everything will go well. Um, that's our prayer. That's our hope for, for us. But it's just a, another way. To, it's just good that we worship. It's good that we gather together, even if it's online with our families. Um, and also, I just wanted to, to remind you a couple things is pastors and deacons are always available. Uh, we're here. If, any, if you're going through something, uh, you know a neighbor that's struggling, whatever it may be, uh, please keep us in the loop. We're here to pray for you and encourage you and help you in any way that we can. Um, and then also, lastly, um, if, if you heard about the Right Now Media resource that we're giving to the church, um, hit me up, uh, email me, ryanjpelton at gmail.com if you want the link to that. And that's a free resource. It's thousands and thousands of Bible study resources to use with your family individually during this time. That's our gift to you. It's free and you have a whole uh, access to their library, which is like kind of a Christian Netflix thing. And there's a lot of great resources on there just to be encouraged during the week to do with your family, do individually, just to kind of keep our hearts and souls in good places uh, during these unsettling, un- uh, troubling times. So with that, that's all I got. Thanks for being here uh, this morning. Uh, Go in God's grace and go in God's peace. and And I'll talk to you guys real, real soon.